0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Well, I don't know about you, but I think some people are starting to go stir crazy with this lockdown and whole coronavirus media coverage running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't know how people can watch as much as some people do, but we're real estate investors. And so the question becomes what is going to happen going forward with the housing market? What's the forecast and the predictions after this post Corona mess starts to subside? If you ask some investors what they think about the housing market going forward, they will simply shrug their shoulders or give you some wild predictions based on media misinformation or personal concerns. The reality is housing markets around the country have made substantial recoveries since the Great Recession ended back in June of 2009, and many real estate markets began turning around in 2012 and early 2013. After the coronavirus pandemic came into being, housing market predictions for 2020 and beyond ran the gamut from optimistic to pessimistic. The housing market overall was running at a record pace in the early stages of this outbreak, which essentially was February of this year, with sellers continuing to make great gains and buyers benefiting from lower mortgage rates. The pace of home sales relative to inventory reached a new record high back in February, although hints of deceleration were beginning to surface. Realtor.com's recent report in April of this year, last month, shows that while still posting a double-digit drop-off over last year, February marked the smallest yearly decline in the monthly supply of inventory since October of last year. Nine of the largest 50 markets are slowing down on a yearly basis, and we expected this to happen. 20 of those 50 top markets are doing so on a monthly basis, and again, this was expected to happen having had such a long, strong run for year after year. While the effect of lower mortgage rates reignited housing market activity toward the end of last year and the start of 2020, February showed some early signs of the coronavirus outbreak, particularly in markets that were hit early and hard. The latest housing market indicators are pointing to a shift towards more balanced conditions in the short term. So as of February of this year, the top five markets that were favoring sellers were Phoenix, Salt Lake City, san diego riverside county california and baltimore these markets were heating up and have been heating up uh, at the fastest pace on a yearly basis with the month's supply of homes down by nearly 52 percent year over year also as of february the top five markets favoring buyers were pittsburgh rochester minneapolis san francisco and tampa florida These markets are cooling off the fastest on a yearly basis with a month's supply of homes up at least 26% year over year. So what has been the response of all this? It's crazy. The response to the coronavirus crisis has been pretty much unprecedented. The federal government ordered a de facto shutdown of the entire private economy, closing an estimated 80% of businesses It has caused unemployment to soar, with more than 30 million Americans recently filing first-time unemployment claims, smashing all previous records. Updated disease models today and new information coming out on the Chinese coronavirus death rate show that this was probably an overreaction to the new disease. But granted, we didn't know much about it. It was something very new, and I think most people just didn't know how to process the information and act, so it was more of a reaction. However, we can draw from prior economic crises to predict the impact the government shutdown on large portions of our economy will or might have on the housing market especially. So Realtor.com said in their national housing forecast that home price growth will flatten, expected increase of about 0.8%, which is pretty much zero flat. Inventory will remain constrained, especially at the entry-level price segment. And Mortgage rates are likely to bump up to about 3.88% by the end of the year. Tight inventory coupled with rising mortgage rates will lead to dropping sales, and buyers will continue to move to affordability, benefiting smaller and mid sized markets. Now, Zillow had predicted that there will be a housing recession in 2020, this year. They blamed monetary policy for this. The market has been expanding rapidly and was due for a correction. And I've been saying that since 2018, that we are overdue for a correction or a recession, mild or otherwise. Now, Zillow also cites housing affordability or the lack thereof as being the reason for a housing recession this year. That means that millennials hitting the ideal age to buy their first home won't be able to. They often can't afford it or they can't build it. So what does this mean for the overall housing market in 2020? Well, we'll see prices for affordable and starter homes continue to increase at near double-digit rates while the general real estate market goes up at near or just above the real rate of inflation. And that's a big spread. That's a big delta. Specific areas may appreciate or depreciate depending on inventory and demand. And that's the whole supply and demand equation, you know, basic economics. We can use the consumer's demand for each generation to give us a housing market forecast for 2020 and beyond. So basically, this boils down to demographics at this point. The inflation on new home prices has slowed to something close to the real rate of inflation. However, we shouldn't expect housing prices to fall since the cost of new construction has been and continues to go up. A lack of people in the skilled trades and increases in the minimum wage will increase the pay rate of those building those homes. That's aside from the steadily inflating material costs that go into building these houses. And I've been saying this for years where you just won't see property values go down overall or collectively long-term because of the inflationary environment that we live in. Baby boomers continue to have a major impact on the housing market And this is radically different to how older generations impacted housing markets in the past. Baby boomers are much more likely to remain healthy and active in their old age. So this means they're less likely to pass away or sell their family home to a young family and move into assisted living. And when the retirees decide to downsize, they're simply going to sell their 2,500 square foot single family home. But they compete for a smaller starter home instead of moving into a retired adult community. So putting more pressure and demand into that segment of the housing market. The divorce rate and broken families of the past few decades exasperates things as well. So mom or dad that live alone in the house instead of sharing it with their significant other increases demand because now you've got two people who need a housing unit. So housing demand is driven by the number of households not the number of adults. So divorced or single-family individuals drive up demand for their own homes. The sheer cost and inconvenience of moving has resulted in the average time people remain in one place. So in 2019, the average person remained in their same house for roughly eight years. But for comparison, the average stay back in 2007 was only four years. So it's essentially doubled from 2007 to 2019. So this results in less churn in the housing market and fewer available existing homes on the market. And at the same time, Generation Xers, who were hit hard by the Great Recession, are also feeling the pinch here. They've really only recovered since 2012. This means that Generation Xers are much more likely to remain in the rental market than prior generations at that same age. This drives up rental rates and eats into the rental supply. Yet, this generation hasn't abandoned the dream of owning a home, thus increasing demand for starter homes. Housing market predictions for 2020 and beyond, again, run the gamut from optimistic to pessimistic. In short, home prices will continue to rise slowly due to limited supply and demand, but homes that meet millennials' ideals and their budgets will continue to appreciate at near double-digit rates. So let's talk about current home sales and their forecast. Home sales generally pick up in the spring. People start shopping for new homes around spring break with the hope of moving over the holiday weekends like Memorial Day weekend or moving during the summer when it has the least impact on their kids' education. This is why housing market predictions always include an increase in sales between March and September. The federal government's shutdown of so-called non-essential businesses put a hold on most real estate transactions. Rent and mortgage payments may be deferred in some cases, but others continue to pay their bills so they don't have anything to worry about. And if they do, it'll probably be just some lump sum due in four months from now when they are back to work. But the shutdown intended to slow the spread of the coronavirus has stalled real estate sales. Transactions that were already underway were completed, and real estate agents are trying to shift to virtual home tours using panoramic pictures of every room and drone photography today. So this will help complete some home sales, but it isn't enough to get people to sign the dotted line at the rate they used to. After all, you can't get home inspectors and appraisers out to the properties during government-ordered shutdowns, and that's essential to completing a real estate transaction. Capital Economics, a leading independent macroeconomic research firm, predicts that we'll see a one-third decline in home sales for the spring of 2020, Fannie Mae is assuming that the economic shutdown will last through May and the spike in unemployment will drag on the housing market for the entire year. This is why Fannie Mae is predicting a 15% drop in home sales volume for 2020 compared to last year. Now before COVID-19, this pandemic, literally went viral, U.S. housing market predictions for 2020 showed appreciation of roughly 1%. This is a nationwide average, keep that in mind. Existing home sales were predicted to fall about 2%, while single-family home starts were predicted to increase by 6%. The general forecast is that home prices will fall through the end of this year, 2020, before recovering in the spring of 2021. Zillow's housing market predictions showed that prices were falling through the fall of 2021, and they expect to see home prices recovering next year. So Zillow's probably been the most pessimistic about what is going on this year with the housing market. So US housing market predictions for 2020 project that newly built homes will be slow to sell, which should not be a surprise. Existing homes are slow to sell too. And the sentiment is found across the industry. The Builder Confidence Index saw its largest ever recorded drop in March of 2020, so a couple months ago. And the National Association of Home Builders Index fell a record 42 points in April to just 30. An index of 50 or higher means home builders are optimistic. Below 50, they're being pessimistic. That means that home builders may finish projects they're working on now, but they are unlikely to start entirely new projects, which just further fuels the whole lack of supply in the general housing market and the demand for it. Long-term, the coronavirus pandemic will constrict housing supply. Construction is, in theory, essential. And for example, we need plumbers and electricians. They could work in an unoccupied building and install infrastructure, assuming they're far enough from each other. Unfortunately, these social distancing rules did slow down some new construction. And in other cases, it brought it to a halt. The public doesn't see the shortages of building supplies because companies make Asphalt shingles and PVC pipe and other materials, these are not in the public eye. It's really just up the supply chain. It's not until there is an actual shortage, just like toilet paper, that you actually feel the effects of it. Travel restrictions crimped new construction as well. So, quarantining a city means builders can't get specialty contractors in from other nearby markets. They'll choose to go elsewhere. And Travel restrictions made it hard for people who might be willing to come to reach potential work sites. Rigid licensing laws make it even more difficult to bring in out of state tradesmen. That's been an issue for years, but the cost of these policies hasn't been the apparent leading news item. And while states are busy making it easier for nurses to work across state lines, no one pays attention to the lack of HVAC installers and whatnot. We can also expect home builders to focus. Their limited resources, the people and materials, on luxury homes that have a higher profit margin. This is why the median price for new homes is expected to increase, and this will exacerbate the shortage of affordable homes, causing greater increases in the price of new and existing affordable homes. So the current housing demand and its forecast, housing market predictions that take COVID-19 into account have already come out. Capital economics is estimating 4 million homes will be sold this year. And this would be the lowest rate since 1991. For comparison, roughly 5.3 million homes sold last year in 2019. The trade war with China threatened international trade. It created a cloud that deferred business investment. And now we're looking at a certain economic downturn due to the government's choice to close the vast majority of businesses, nearly killing the service economy. Experts think that the economic cost we've paid to try to contain the virus will weigh down the economy well into 2021. That is why home sales are expected to be around 6 million next year uh, instead of the previously projected 6.3 million. So what is the economic outlook and housing market look like in 2020? Well, the Fed has dropped interest rates in an attempt to stimulate the economy. We can expect a wave of mortgage refinances in order to save money. Fannie Mae predicts 40% more mortgage refinances are going to happen this year in 2020 than over 2019. And low interest rates are an opportunity for home buyers who qualify. That gives potential home sellers hope, though, it will take time for these low interest rates to offset the spike in unemployment and general economic malaise. Affordability was already a problem for the U.S. housing market before the coronavirus hit. There was a shortage of affordable housing, driving up the cost of homes millennials can afford. This is important since half of all home mortgages are given to millennials. And they are forced to compete for new housing stock since baby boomers and Generation Xers tend to hold on to their homes. The Housing Affordability Index determines the affordability of the housing market by comparing the median household income to the median home price. The National Housing Affordability Index was 170 for February of 2020. That was nearly a 1% increase from the prior month and an 8% increase from a year before. Now, an affordability index of 100 would mean that the average person could afford the average home. An increasing affordability index means more people are priced out of the housing market. The economic fallout of the coronavirus is probably going to make housing less affordable, not more so. The official unemployment rate jumping 10% or more means many people are out of work. We don't really know how many have had their hours cut or are officially still unemployed though through furloughs, but there's still a large segment of the population who are unemployed or don't have income right now. And so they're just not able to afford whatever housing they have. All of this adds up to tens of millions of households seeing their income drop, many of them substantially, and home prices will remain steady or drop just a few percentage points. The end result is a dramatic drop in the average household income while the housing portion of this equation is almost unchanged. So supply is still short, demand remains, demand will continue to grow even though there's a temporary pullback in those people who are unable to afford housing right now or afford new housing or being able to move up. So will the housing market quote unquote crash in 2020 or 2021? What will 2020 be like for buyers? If you qualify for mortgage, you have more limited selection and prices close to what they were before the coronavirus hit, but you have relatively little competition. What will 2020 be like for sellers? Expect homes to be slow to sell, and you may have to mark it down just to move it. Or you may need to wait a few months to see if things shift from a buyer's market back to a balanced market, or maybe even a seller's market. The only exception would be the affordable homes that are in short, short supply. In this case, you'll have a seller's market as soon as people are allowed back on the streets. And even though the U.S. housing market likely won't be the cause of the next recession, an economic downturn would still be an impact on the U.S. real estate sector. The overall housing market could enter a recession in under five years, with Zillow predicting that it will actually occur this year in 2020. The spillover to the housing market will rely upon the length, depth, and severity of the 2020 recession, and if some parts of the country feel the effect worse than others, some local housing markets could see greater effects. Scott Anderson, the chief economist at Bank of the West, who was among those who first predicted a 2020 recession, said the current economic expansion is getting long in the tooth by historic standards and more late cycle signs are emerging. So this is a little bit of a bearish statement coming from Scott Anderson. According to a survey published by the Wall Street Journal, some 59% of private sector economists surveyed in recent days said The economic expansion that began in mid-2009 was most likely to end in 2020. An additional 22% selected 2021 as the year of our next recession, and a smaller camp predicted the next recession would arrive the following year in 2022 or some unspecified date thereafter. In a research report in which Zillow surveyed 100 real estate experts and economists about the predictions for the housing market, it showed that almost 50% of all survey respondents said the next recession would start this year in 2020, with the first quarter of the year referred to as the most as when the recession would start. Well, surprisingly, they kind of predicted it without knowing why or how, because no one knew we were going to have a coronavirus pandemic, but here we are, um... The main culprit for a housing recession really is monetary policy. The experts predict that monetary policy will be the deciding factor this time around. In particular, they argue that the Federal Reserve could prompt slower growth if it raises short-term interest rates too quickly, which they are not doing, they are simply lowering interest rates. The bottom line for investors is this. A great many local housing markets around the U.S. are ripe for investing in 2020 and beyond, making it a great time to buy investment property. We have a multi-generational housing market creating limited supply and increased competition, driving up prices at the affordable end of the market for the foreseeable future. So it's a great position to be in here as a real estate investor. In hot job markets and communities that fit our younger generation's ideals, price increases of 8 to 15% are still possible year over year. That's not sustainable, of course, for a long period of time, but we do see that strong pent-up demand pushing prices in these areas where supply is scarce or limited. For everywhere else, real estate is appreciating at or just above the real rate of inflation, and that is relatively healthy. Cash flow opportunities are abundant in markets all around the U.S., particularly in the Midwest, much of the Southeast, and pockets of the Northeast. America's housing market is undersupplied by 3.3 million units, and the shortage is getting worse every year by Freddie Mac's uh, standards and reports. So new housing supply is not keeping up with rising demand, and that's creating upward pressure on home prices as well as rents. So with strong demand now and for the foreseeable future, real estate continues to be a sound, safe investment class. Of course, investing in the right markets and areas and having the right team will certainly help assure your success. So with that, stay safe and be well. Thanks for listening and we will see you on our next episode. are you on track to achieve your financial goals income producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means norada real estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.